Thank you, brother. Have your Bibles today. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. Uh, have your Bibles. We want you to turn to the second chapter of the book of Acts. Second chapter of the book of Acts. And I'm going to read to you the first 13 verses of the second chapter. And I want you to listen to this as we read it. Uh, I have eyesight problems, so if I get my eyes start messing up on me, then I'll probably slow down reading. But it's not because I can't read. You know, I, I went to school in Kentucky, so that's understandable if you can't read. But uh, anyway, we're glad for them Kentucky hillbillies who come here today and uh, with us. Uh, second chapter of the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, <clears throat> they were all with one accord in one place. <clears throat> and suddenly there came a sound of heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is not an unknown tongue. This was a known tongue. It was just in a different language. And there were, <coughs> there, I'm sorry, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. That's the reason they understood, because they spoke in their language. And when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are we all these which speak Galatians? And how hear we every man in his own tongue wherein we were born? Parthenians and Medes and Amorites, and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and in uh, Judea and in Cappadocia and in uh, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phagrin, whatever, I can't get these, uh, I, I, I'll just skip over those, uh, Cretes and Arabians, and do hear them speak in, in our tongues the, the wonderful works of God. So that's what they were talking about, the tongues. It's not, it's not what some talk about the unknown tongue because there's no such thing as an unknown tongue. All tongues are known. And they were, they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessing of it. Thank you for your word. Lord, we just pray in all things you might be honored and glorified knowing that there was a day when the church was empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. Now, Lord, we just pray to you bless us and everything, for which in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> First of all, I want to say that 120 people met on this day. That was when Jesus' ministry was about to, had ended here on earth, he had 120 people, 120 members of his church. And, you know, today 
people don't think you got much for church if you don't have two or three thousand people. But uh, this church had 120 members. And also, uh, I want to tell a story today about the title of my message this morning is, is A Empowered Church. It's important that a church be empowered, and, and some of the things we're doing today, we're not going to empower our churches because there's not that many people there anymore that caring much about being in the Lord's house. But the thing about it is, I'm going to tell this story. Back in the 1700s, early 1700s, there was a church in what is now called the West Virginia area. Now, this is a true story. West Virginia area, and they had a colony over there of about maybe 1,000 people in the colony, and they had one church, one church. Well, that church decided they voted that they were going to go over into the new area, which is today called Kentucky. They were going to go over in a new area, and they were going to... Uh, establish or take the church and move it over there. Well, the colony said, what are we going to do? If you take our church away from us, what are we going to do? We're not even going to have, I mean, only about, only about 40 or 50 people went to the church, but there was a colony of about 1,000, and the rest of them said, what are we going to do? There's going to be no church. So what happened is they all packed up, and they followed the church, the whole colony did to Kentucky, and today some of you are going to realize this. The colony is now called Bryan Station. So the church is Bryan Station Baptist Church, and that church was a church before Kentucky was ever a state, and and they were they were gathered together there, and. Uh, and, and they held a meeting, and they've been they've been that long. They're still in. They're still today. They're still there today, and it's been that long. That church has been one of the Lord's churches for that long. And one of the things, you know, and and on, on, only way a church gets that recognition is if it's an empowered church. Brian Station Baptist Church was an empowered church. And certainly, uh, I, I would hope and pray that Landmark Baptist Church could become a, an empowered church again. We, at one time, we were, and but we've we've lost some of that. This COVID, I tell you, this COVID has destroyed a lot of the churches. They don't have the people that's coming to the churches that used to come. They've just quit coming. And uh, like I said here a couple of Sundays ago. Somebody put on Facebook, if you miss church enough, you won't miss church at all. Think about that for just a moment. In other words, if you, if you stay out of church long enough, you won't miss church at all. You won't, be, you won't miss it in your life. And that's what's happening in this day and time in a lot of, a lot of places. Now, we, we won't talk about an empowered church. It is a known fact that a church that prays with power will always be a powerful church. You know, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a key fact right there, a church. And you'll notice if you just look at some of the things here, uh, these folks, uh, uh, 
they were an empowered church, and the Lord sent the Holy Spirit to this, this church and gave it this church, and some of the people there just began to speak the language of all those we mentioned here, some of those that I don't try to pronounce their names, their names, but uh, they, they heard these people praying in their name, in, in, in their language. And, and so, but a lot of people has taken this to teach uh, the unknown tongue, but there was, not, there was not an unknown tongue in that. There was no unknown tongue in that church because those people spoke. It, it would be just like me begins to speak Japanese or something like that right now. You know, and you say, well, what's wrong with him? Well, we may have a, Jap- a Japanese in, in the congregation. And the Lord wants them to understand too. I was saying just like, just like in in the Spanish language, we got a one lady back there that's, that speaks the Spanish language and the English language too. Now she's got a husband. I don't know if he can even talk, but but, but anyway, anyway, uh, we're thankful for her, and but I'm thankful that she can speak English and understand it because she'd be hurting if she had waiting on me to speak Spanish. But the thing about it is, is uh, this is uh, the church, a church that prays will always be an empowered church. The true and real influence of a church is not the number of its membership. You know, Jesus only had 120 people when he ended his ministry. It was a member of his church. It was 120 people. It is not the social position of its members. That doesn't make a church. Uh, it, it, is, it is neither the stateliness of the building nor the number of the contributions that come in. That's not what makes a church today. That's not what makes an empowered church. A lot of people are influenced. You know, we, we just gave a missionary here at Landmark Baptist Church, we just gave a missionary $50,000. And uh, some people say, well, how in the world y'all do that with a church this size? Well, you can do it if the church has power. And, and Landmark Baptist Church has power, but they're, they're beginning to lose some of that with this COVID uh, taken away from them. We've had about nine or ten people who have come down with it in the past. They don't, not anybody has it right now, but uh, they've came down with it in the past. And, and so... Uh, we, we know what it's like at one time that we were very empowered here. I, I think back, I think Karen and Sam will uh, fact check this for us. I think probably back in about 30 years ago, we, we had nine people, wasn't it? Nine or ten people that were saved in one day. And, uh, and so, uh, so that was, uh, that, that's empowerment. That's, that that is that is empowerment right there, and so uh, so we're thankful. It, it's not it's not by how much money you have, or what kind of people you've got in there. It's it's just people who are p- powerful as far as, as Lord is concerned, and with the with the uh, with the uh, Holy Ghost. The true church's power comes from the presence of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit is absent, the church is no more than a breathless body. It's just, it's just a breathless body if the Holy Spirit's not there. 
That's all it is. The Bible is plain when it states it is the spirit that quickeneth. You know, it's, it's the Holy Spirit that makes us what we are today. If, if we're anything as far as the Lord is concerned, if the Lord is, if the Lord is pleased with us as a church, and it's because the Holy Spirit is, is with us and has quickened us to, to be that way. Now, there are many factors which make a church a powerful church. Now, where are the people? Well, we're, we're talking about our text here now. Where are the people? Our text states they were all with one accord in one place. Now, when you've got people scattered out everywhere like we do today, we've got people scattered out everywhere. We've got people in the, the lakes. We've got people in the mountains. We've got people at, uh, at Florida on the beaches and everything. But you notice one thing about this church here. Every member was there, and every member uh, was, was in one place. We ever have that here? You know, we serve the Lord's Supper the, the fifth Sunday of every month. It's got five Sundays in it. And I've always prayed many times over the years. I, I've been pastoring here now going on 38 years. And I've been praying. I prayed every, every time we have it that everybody would come. Have we ever had everybody here? No. We've never had everybody here when we had the Lord's Supper. So that's, that's a... That's the problem. All these people were there in one, uh, with, with one accord, they were for one reason, in one place, and that was to serve the Lord. Wouldn't that be wonderful? That'd be wonderful if that happened today, but that's not happening today. It's not happening in any churches today. I, I, I drank coffee with a couple of fellows. One of them is a Baptist, another is a, I call him a reprobate uh, Presbyterian. I mean, uh, not, not Presbyterian, but, but a uh, uh, Doggone it. I don't know. What, I forgot what it was now. What was it? Uh, Methodist. Yeah, there you go. And the re- reason I say that is is the guy down here that owns the tire place, I go in there sometimes get my car worked on or something, and he'll ask me, he'll say, is that reprobate Methodist still coming up there and drinking coffee with you? That's where I got that from. And uh, I said, yeah, he still comes up there. He, this guy's a Baptist too. So anyway, uh, uh, they were all in one place, in one accord. How many times has this pastor said, been able to say that? I can't because it hasn't happened here. It's never happened here. This is a terrible witness against any church when their members find it not so important to be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. It's, uh, it's, it's a terrible witness. It's a terrible witness today. I've heard Brother Sam. Brother Sam has prayed before over the years. Brother Sam has prayed. If we got one member out, we're crippled. Think about that for just a moment. You got your eyes. You got your nose. You got your hearing. You got your taste. You got your legs. You got your arms. You got all this whenever members here of the church. The church is referred to in the 12th chapter of the book of 1 Corinthians referred to as members of the body. In other words, legs and see, sight and such and such as that. But if one member's out, just, just think about it. If you get up one, one morning and one member of your body's not working, it's going to hinder you all day long. It's going to hinder you all day long. 
If, if you just get up one morning, you wake up one morning. I remember a man that was a friend of mine. He's gone on now. But uh, he woke up one morning. He couldn't move his right arm, his left arm and his left leg. Just woke up. Couldn't move it. Well, during the night, he had a stroke. During the night, he had a stroke. And, and he was in the hospital and in, in rehab for a long, long time. But uh, he, he went to bed. He was able to move his left arm and use it, able to move his left leg and use it. And he woke up, and he couldn't use it no more. Well, that's the way it is in a church. You know, some of you may say, well, you know, I just got to do this. I got to do that. Well, you, you just remember, if you're a member of one of the Lord's churches and you're not there, there's a part of that body that's missing. There's part of that body that's, that's not working like it should be. The first church was in one place because they were in one accord. They all thought a lot about the importance of being in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. Who do we know that's like that? Oh, Brother Wayne Massey. Oh, Brother Wayne Massey, he, every Saturday night, Brother Wayne Massey puts on Facebook what it means to be in church tomorrow, on Sunday. And, and uh, so think about these things. This is a condition of the heart that is absolutely necessary to receive the blessings of power from the Holy Spirit in order to be filled with the Spirit. We must first empty our self-seeking self. We must get rid of our self. People think a lot of themselves. A lot of decisions people made are they're thinking of themselves. You know, what's good for me? What's good for me? Well, it's not good for me to be sitting in church right now. Like one fellow told me one time many years ago, he asked me, he said, uh, he said, is so-and-so a member of your church that's not here now? It was another church I was pastoring in Kentucky. He said, is so-and-so a member of your church? I said, uh, yes, he's a member of our church. He said, I wouldn't sit in heaven with him. I said, you, you probably won't. You know, you probably won't sit in heaven with him. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, that's the way people are. You know, you, you lose your testimony. Now, when did the blessing come? Our text states it and says, When the day of Pentecost was fully come, God had a plan and a purpose to bring Pentecost to the church. Just like he's got a plan and purpose for Landmark Baptist Church. Sometimes I get confused as to what God has planned for Landmark Baptist Church. But uh, God's got a plan and purpose for Landmark Baptist Church. He's got a plan and purpose for you being here today. I mean, we've, we've got uh, four hillbillies here from Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Neil said, that's right. And, uh, but anyway, uh, I call them hillbillies now because I've been down here long enough. But, but at any rate, uh, uh, we're thankful for them. We're thankful they came. They had a real, real thrill last night, <laughs> you know, at the motel where they were staying. But anyway, uh, it came exactly when God wanted it to come. Pentecost came. God had a plan and purpose. God's workings are always in harmony with his fullness of time. Galatians 4, 4 states, But when the fullness of time was come, not before, not after, 
But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law. Even Jesus came to the earth at God's time. God's timetable. I've got a message I preach on God's timetable. God has his own timetable and does nothing outside of that timetable. Every one of you here today is on that timetable of God's. You, you'll say, well, when, when am I going to... When am I going to die? That's, that's God's timetable. He's got it set. Already he's got it set right now. And so you need to, first of all, you need to be thankful about that. Because God has a time when he's going he's to take every one of us out of this world. <clears throat> God's work is perfect and comes, through his own, comes in his own divine season when, when the time comes. The Holy Ghost will, will endow all who have made themselves ready for it. The Bible teaches that he blesses those that wait on him. You know, did you ever try to get ahead of the Lord? Sure. Yeah, you try to get ahead of the Lord. You're going, how many times have you said, well, the Lord won't mind if I do this or that? Lord knows I need to do this or that. Well, uh, if you wait on the Lord and find out what the Lord wants you to do, instead of making up your own plans in your own life, then you'll know exactly what you should be doing as, as far as this goes. How can one say they are waiting upon the Lord to bless them when they don't even come to the Lord's house? How, how, can we, how can we sit wherever we are if we're not in the Lord's house? How can we sit and say the Lord's going to bless me today? You, you, think, you think what the Lord's will is for your life. The Lord's will for every one of his children is be in the Lord's house on the Lord's day. That's his will. That's his will for our life. And some people say, well, that's, that's just hard. That's, that's, that's hard. I've heard people tell me, well, you're a hard preacher. That's just hard. It is hard. It really is because we want to do what we want to do. We don't want to do what the Lord wants us to do all the time. We want to do what we want to do sometime, and we think we're being cheated out of something if we don't get to do what we want to do. This is an empowered church, and empowered church members are like that. Now, how did the blessing come? Our text states, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire there was a lady up in Kentucky matter of fact in Winchester there's a lady up there that I used to talk with her and she sat on a swing on her porch and I used to go up and sit on the steps and talk with her and she, she came to church and she sat in the pew there, and I went up to her. I called her by name, and I said, uh, does the Lord ever deal with you? She comes to church every Sunday. And she said, no, but I'm waiting on some movement of the Holy Spirit. I said, like what? She said, well, like this ceiling falling in. She said, if this ceiling falls in, she said, I'll, I'll, I'll be saved. 
That's why she told me she sat right there about right where Jim's sitting. And and she said, uh, if his ceiling falls in, she says, I'll, I'll trust the Lord my Savior. I, I told her, I said, ma'am, this ceiling is not going to fall in. I said, this building's been here probably for 50, 60 years. And I said, that ceiling is not going to fall in on you. But uh, she was waiting on some movement, waiting on some kind of something to move her. Well, that's, that's what we should do. But she was waiting on the wrong thing to happen. She done said in her head that when that building fell in, now this true story said when that building, she lived up there on the, where uh, the silo is. You all know where the silo is, some of you from up in that area. She lived up in that area up there. And, uh, and, and anyway, that she done set her mind on that when, once that, church, when that church building falls in, I know that's time for me to be saved. Well, she died just like that. The one Sunday she didn't come to church, and I went to her house, and her daughter was there, and her daughter said, Mama died last night. That church building never did fall in on her. You know, I tell you, it's a, it's, it's a great something. These people went to church that day not expecting what happened. A mighty rushing wind came and, and, and filled a building with the Holy Ghost. And then, and then these cloven tongues of fire came and, and, and flew up on them and sat on their shoulders. What would happen if something like that happened today? There'd be people running and get under the seats. They wouldn't know what to do. We we had a hurricane came came through here, and I think Vidalia put out a notification that there's going to be 73 mile an hour winds, and told people that they need to buckle stuff down and such. It's just that's just here last week. And uh, mighty rushing wind came in the building, just like a tornado came in the building and started just spinning around. And the people sitting there, you know, what what in the world is happening? What's happening? Well, Peter got up after that, preached one of the greatest messages that old and, and old uh, Peter could preach. There on the day of Pentecost, he told them what happened. The Holy Spirit had come to the church. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit's here today. I really do. I believe the Holy Spirit's right here today, and, and I believe because of, the, of the, the Holy Spirit in that day, I believe that the Lord's church today has still got the Holy Spirit in it. And I believe he's moving today. I don't know if he's going to move up on anybody or not. He may move up on this pastor. Who knows? But the Holy Spirit is here. And, and, and he's moving today. And he's doing what he, what he does. It did not come through a committee. At a Baptist church over in Vidalia. A first Baptist church. Elected elders. Now think about this for a moment. All of you know what an elder is. An elder is a preacher or a pastor. The word pastor, elder, is the same Greek word. 
Well, they elected a group, a committee, called the elders. A lot of churches have those. And now they're letting, that, they're letting those elders determine what the church should do and what the church shouldn't do. Those elders have a, that they, they elected have a meeting. and they, I was asked about this, and I told them my, the truth of what I know about it. I was asked about it, and they said, is that scriptural for elders to meet together and decide what the church needs to do? I said, no, it's not. I said, the God and the, and the Holy Spirit determines what a church should do. God sent his son to die for, for his children, and then he sent the Holy Spirit to guide them and lead them and direct them. What a great blessing that is. What a great blessing to be directed by the Holy Spirit of God. That's a great blessing. It is. Nothing happened that day that any man had control of. Nobody, somebody said, well, shut the door up. Roll the windows up. Be sure no windows are down. Uh, there's a wind in here. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the building was on fire. Cloven tongues of fire came and lit up on the people. Didn't burn them, but came and lit up on the people. What's happening? Somebody get some water, throw it on everybody because they got fire on their shoulders. Back in, back in the old days, you know, they used to have a, a bucket brigade, they called it. And when something got on fire, they would take, they'd go out to the well and fill up buckets and carry it and throw it on the fire. That's what people would do today. They wouldn't, they wouldn't know how to handle anything like that. It was Jesus who said, the wind bloweth where it listeth. And thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell from whence it cometh or whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Everyone that is born of the Spirit. You say, have you been born again? If you have, that mighty rushing wind has come upon you. If you've truly been born again, a lot of people don't know, a lot of people don't understand that. I've asked a lot of people over the years, are you born again? They'll say, well, I go to church. Are you born again? I go to church. I read my Bible. I've been, I'm a member of so-and-so church. I teach Sunday school. Are you born again? You don't know what they're talking about. I want to tell you, when that mighty rushing wind comes up on you, I know March 27, 1967, it happened to me. I wasn't much, though Rhonda thought I was something, but I wasn't much. And that mighty rushing wind came up on me, March 27, 1967, 54 years ago. 54 years ago, came up on me, and I haven't been the same since it did. Lord saved me. Two months later, he called me to preach. Three months later, I was pastoring a church in Illinois. Yeah, that's what happens when that mighty rushing wind comes up on you. The conclusion of this message 
is that God blesses in ways that a lot have never seen. Uh, we think we've seen the blessing. I've people said, I'm really blessed of God. Well, if that mighty rushing wind hadn't come up on you, you're not blessed of God. You're not blessed until he comes up on you. That's what happened. This church, this church, 120 people met on that day. They had a, they had a business meeting. They elected a, a someone to take a, a Judas's place. They had a business meeting, just like we have one. We were supposed to have one today, too, but our statement didn't come in in time. They had a business meeting. They had they, they had a they had a, a revival. They had a time when men who 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 maybe couldn't speak uh, the uh, the Medes language started speaking the Medes language, so they could understand too. Those people that were that people began to gather around those hundred and twenty people, wherever they were. People cannot stay away from church and expect to be blessed. A church, a church cannot, a church cannot be blessed. Will never be endowed as long as the people's not willing to do what they need to do, as far as the church is concerned. I pray the Lord will bless you today, and we we don't have a what normally called an invitation here, but if if the Lord is dealing with you today, you let me know about it after services. Let me know about it. I've had that happen many times over the years. Let us know about it. All right.